This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Thanks for joining us on Kelly and Company. Remember that we repeat the program every eight hours. That is the rotation on AMI-audio. So if you missed any part or if you prefer a different time, you can always check us out on our first repeat at 10 p.m. Eastern time where we are an evening show. And then again at 6 a.m. when we're a morning show. (laughs) And then, of course, factor in your own time zones and uh, it's all different altogether. But 2 p.m. Eastern time is our daily weekday live airing of Kelly and Company. We're going to get into the roundtable conversation. This is a weekly chat where we handpick the topics and bring it to the show. The people who join us are surprised weekly at what we find and (laughs) uh, end up discussing. And of course, Danielle, being the co-host of today's show, is one victim. And the other victim who we bring on (laughs) quite regularly is Mark Phoenix. But this time it has been a while uh, as Mark has moved to the East. So nice to have you back on. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great out here in the future, Ramya and uh, Danielle. (laughs) Hope things are good back in the past. I guess that's it. Yeah, you, you are, you in, are the in the future. <laughs> the sun yes, rises I, early. An hour and a half. That's, oh, right. that's perfect. <laughs> How is Newfoundland treating you, man? Uh, you know what? It's treated me so well so far. It's a you know it's a rainy day. It's been a bunch of beautiful days. The people have been awesome, um, and it's just been so much less stressful in my life since I got mm. out here. And I can't sing the praises of enough. So you better stop me before I do. Okay. Okay. Or before we move out there with you. Right. That was my plan. Uh, we, yeah. Mark and I had a great conversation a couple of days before he left, and I was like, oh, now I want to move. <laughs> so nice. There's places for sale. Yeah. The yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good to know. Uh, but I do want to ask before we get into roundtable chat did you unpack everything yet? No, we are about okay. to. There's. Um, we got one big piece of renovation done. We had a second major piece, which we were hoping to deal with, but it's going to take so long that we're just going to push it back to the spring and live with things as they are right now. Yeah. The place is livable. It's wonderful. So like, it was more of a like, cosmetic and you mm. know, future-proofing type thing. But, you know, it can wait and we'll unpack our clothes and uh, live on the carpets and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Living the life. I yeah. I love, this is my new fascination when friends and people I know move. Uh, I check in with them, you know, at the three-month mark, the six-month mark, and the one-year mark to be like, so do you still have any unpacked boxes? Because I, for one, uh, <laughs> at the nine-month mark still had some boxes. So oh, it's quite course. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, so. it's the 17-year mark that worries <laughs> me. <laughs> 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 Got to talk to my mom, Danielle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some uh, conversation starters lined up for us here. Let's start with this one. Uh, not so great, but I want to get your feelings on it. An Indigenous man wrongly arrested, along with his granddaughter, for trying to open a bank account says the absence of the two police officers from a scheduled apology ceremony will leave the traumatic incident unresolved. 
Maxwell Johnson says he's disappointed that the two Vancouver Police Department officers who handcuffed him and his granddaughter will not attend the ceremony in his central coast community of Bella Bella. When we do a ceremony, they got to be here in order to, for it to be finished. So having them not here, it just, it's like a roadblock to us now. So we can't come full circle now. So it can be on our minds until we, we do finish that, the healing process. Members of the Vancouver Police Sport, including uh, Police Chief Adam Palmer, are in Bella Bella to attend Johnson's Heilzuck First Nation uh, ceremony. And they're saying it's going to be an uplifting ceremony to help Johnson and his family deal with the trauma of the arrest, the wrongful arrest. Now, we're coming off the tail end of uh, speaking about the Indigenous exhibit at the Ontario Science Centre and coming from that beautiful conversation of what we can learn, what we can share and how we can respond. And I mentioned slightly the times that we're living in and the kinds of attitudinal changes that need to happen in so many of us uh, living in Canada. So I want to come around the table and ask you, uh, Mark, first, how does this sit with you? The fact that these police officers are basically you know, boycotting this ceremony, allegedly, and uh, not going to be around and how important you can tell that this is for the family to release this feeling, this not out. Well, it strikes me that if we were talking about a court proceeding, Right. Where, you know, an accused had refused, you know, refused to show up, refused to show remorse, refused to, you know, you know, say anything to the family. They would get blasted. Um, but in this in this process, which is more of, um, you know, more of an effort at a restorative justice uh, process where the very people who committed the very act that caused the conflict refused to show their face, refused to meet the people who they harmed um, is somehow treated as a matter of debate. And the real issue is this was a conflict and this is an effort at conflict resolution. And the people who um, caused the conflict for whatever reason are refusing to, you know, engage in the process. And it comes from a very institutionalized litigious legal mindset that you never admit responsibility. You let the organization speak for you. You hide behind the organization Mm. And it's it's a microcosm of everything that of the, all the various rifts between you know indigenous culture and ways of life and nations and those ways of living and you know the settler colonial ways of living and how those are still coming into conflict after all of this time and it it you know it it makes a mockery of the concept of reconciliation when yes. you can't even get reconciliation between individuals. You can't. And that's interesting, right? Because there's this uh, one side, another side. And I think like what's legal, what's on paper, as you mentioned, the the logistics, if this was a court procedure of people needing to show up or else it cannot happen. But then there's the moral and the mental health and this circle that he's talking about in the clip of um, having to complete the cycle, having to put it out of our minds and the physical gesture and action of being handcuffed by these two individuals and saying, please show up so that we can um, 
move that. We can move forward from that act. That's what gets me. Danielle? Well, you know, the, the, the story needs to be updated, which is that they canceled the ceremony because huh. those two police officers didn't show up. And I don't recall if you're... Uh, uh, if if the clip mentions that the child was 12 years old when when wow. she was handcuffed at, with her grandfather i mean it is an appalling story and it is made much worse by the fact that the uh the arresting officers did not show up i i agree in, entirely with uh mark it's it's just it's it's so wrong in so many ways the you know the police office you know, felt that they could apologize on behalf of the officers who refused to show hmm. up. That's not the way it works. That's, you know, that, that is not an apology. That's, that's something else. It's, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, a tip of the hat, but you're right. I mean, if, if this were a court process, they would be required to be there. And uh, I, I just found it a very disappointing thing altogether. Very upsetting. I think maybe the struggle is and the challenge is that it's not a court process. It's yeah. not something legal. It is, you know, your feelings and your emotions and how you're going to respond uh, that get you to the ceremony. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, uh, you know, for whatever reason, these officers not showing up, is it you're not going to take accountability? Is it that you don't care for the fact uh, that for the the notion of reconciliation, you know, whatever it is that we're led to believe and, and however we respond to it ourselves um, is, I think, the sad part, you know, like because it's so it's almost intimate, right? T talking, mm -hmm. it, hearing it from this person who's gone through it to say, I really need you there to to make this work for yeah, me to move I'm on. Completely right. I, I just, yeah. And, you know, it, some people are, are afraid to apologize because they think it will make them lose face. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think in, in reality, you lose face when you fail to apologize. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move on here, but just definitely something to think about. And I appreciate both of your comments on it. Um, here's the next piece of news. Clorox has issued a recall of some of its cleaning products in the U S. Clorox cleaning product recall due to possible bacteria. Clorox says it has recalled its scented multi-surface cleaners and all-purpose cleaners. The cleaners may contain a bacteria that could cause serious illness in people with compromised immune systems. The recall doesn't include its iconic original pine-scented pine sol, which is its only product registered as a disinfectant. The recall also includes scented Clorox Pro Pine Sol all-purpose cleaners and Clorox Professional Pine Sol Lemon Fresh Cleaners. The recall affects products produced between January 2021 and September 2022. Consumers should take pictures of the 12-digit UPC code and the date code, throw the product in its container in the trash, and contact the company for a refund. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Now, the reason why this was... <laughs> reason when I want to get your reaction on that too, Danielle, first, before I tell you why I picked this clip. What was well, the for goodness sake about... <laughs> The idea that something that, that you purchase in order to make things clean makes them dirty is really, that's terrible. Oh, my goodness. Like, how could you, I, you haven't even come up with that. I would have thought that, you know, just the, the formula would be enough to, to never mind. To clean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but, Mark, awful. the fact that only Pine Sol 
is a registered disinfectant, okay? Out of all the all these Clorox products and more that they mentioned in this uh, clip. It, the fact that pine salt is it's the only thing labeled as a disinfectant kind of concerns me because we went through so much cleaning and disinfecting and hand sanitizing and everything else um, in the last several years and being so conscientious about that. Do you think enough of us were paying attention to what we should actually be using? Well, I mean, it's hard to pay attention when you have a blizzard of advertising blasted right? in your face all the time telling you this cleans, no, this cleans, no, this cleans 10 times better. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose, you know, you have to go back to, you know, what is what do we mean when we say cleaning? Well, we're trying to, you know, kill off bacteria and break down viral protein coats. And you do that with soap and water and sometimes, you know, alcohol. Uh, and a lot of these, a lot of these cleaning chemicals are basically gussied up alcohol. Um, I know I was doing some bathroom cleaning for a while with a bottle full of some vinegar and some soapy water, shake it up, Mm. spray it on, works great on surfaces. Um, and it's just, it's a little funny that, (laughs) you know, they're sinking all this money into a production line into various processes and the whole thing, you know, ends up falling to some bacterium that they didn't, uh, test for and goodness knows how much you spent on it. So, you know, like don't fall over yourself if you don't think you have the right cleaning product. You know, soap and water does fine on a lot of things. And, you know, if you need something a little stronger, get some bottle out, you know, like rubbing alcohol or mm. isopropanol. You can get that at the drugstore. Um, you know, leave, leave the, leave the, adver- leave the uh, shiny stuff for the advertisements. <laughs> but what if they smell so, good? No, kidding. Yeah, that's, well, that's mm, the well, thing. You got a that's what you're issue. buying. You, the right. smell, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It was definitely that moment when I heard this for the first time going, wait, what? Why is it? (laughs) Did I know that? Um, Okay, how many of us are utilizing cleaning products correctly? And is there even a correctly to begin with? As you're saying, the shelves are full and the marketing is exceptional because we all need it. You'll market it to us, right? So interesting. Uh, You guys want to get to some tech trends with me? This is from earlier in the week as well. Amazon is going up market with a new TV. Tech trends. Amazon is pushing into the high end of the smart TV market. Details after this. Digital trends. Caleb Dennison says Amazon's latest TV is called the Omni QLED. This is a TV, you know, with Amazon's branding. It's got the Fire TV interface built into it. And it's a higher-end TV than we've seen from Amazon before. You can get a 65- or 75-inch version. Regardless of what you choose, you get Amazon's Quantum Dot technology. So that you get better colors and brighter colors and a brighter image. And when you're not watching something... The TV also has sensors built in, so it knows when you've walked into the room and then can put art up on the screen. Uh, in a sort of ambient mode. Denison says pricing, while steep, is competitive with the rest of the market. Looks like you'll be able to get a 65-inch model for 800 and a 75-inch model for 1100 which is great pricing for uh, a high enough performance TV. With Tech Trends, I'm Sherry Preston, ABC News. I heard Danielle say, oh, no, when it said that it was, it knows when you I walk in. I don't want a television that knows when I walk in the room. I'm sorry. But Danielle, Life is they hard all enough do. as it is. Right, exactly. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They listen well, to you. It's quite, uh, it, what do you guys think about the price point, though? I want to start there. I don't know if they were talking U.S. They didn't clarify. I'm assuming mm-hmm. so. 900 U.S., it's pretty typical for a TV. But, Mark, do you pay attention to this kind of stuff? 
Um, there was a point specifically. a few years ago where I just started dropping out of this kind of stuff because the te- you know the the things being promised and offered were just not significant upgrades from just you know here's a here's a screen it shows pictures it plays audio it <laughs> works it'll connect to you know a device and now it's you know we'll you know we'll put all these uh, streaming programs in and we will also sell the information on what you're watching to five different data brokers and probably exactly. three yeah um, but Danielle you up and said you don't want your TV watching when you come in I mean it's bad <laughs> enough that you feel like speakers that are listening to every word you say sending mm-hmm. that back to the mothership. Um, I've been known when I get in a room with an, a, one of the Amazon units to yell, Alexa, go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> and does and she? Is, when you do it, it actually starts reading the, re- telling you how to form a union. So, you know, <laughs> the machine from within. Helpful. Helpful. What, what kind Very of information are you feeding to your Alexa? Oh, all the Alexas are going off now. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> set them off, Mark. Uh, this was really fun. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the roundtable. Always appreciate it. And, you know, it doesn't matter how far you go. We're not going to take you off the roundtable. Every time I try to get out, you pull me back in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Kelly did it. He's not even here. Shout out to Kelly. Thanks, Mark. Enjoy the rest thank of you. your uh, move. Chat soon. Yes, I will. And thank you, Ramya and Danielle, for having me on to run my mouth yet again. <laughs> always, always. Keeps us uh, keeps us refreshed with these perspectives. Mark Mark Phoenix joining us on the roundtable. Um, and Danielle, aside from the privacy part of it, if you can take that out of the equation at all, do you care about the the pixels of the TV? No, you know, if I can, <laughs> if I can see the program, I get what it is. It's kind of like how I feel about a lot a lot of machinery. Like a car should have four wheels and something to steer with. You know, like I can't get excited about this kind of fancy stuff. And as they say, if the price is really low, it's because you are the product. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Perfect note. <laughs> yes. That's the round table. <laughs> we'll be back. We're going to wrap up the show, tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown after the break. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.